The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. We're starting a new series this morning as we've come into this season of Advent. And our series is called Light Your World. Light Your World. The series is based on this scripture. John 1 verse 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. We know that at Christmas we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. God has sent his son into our world to be the savior of our world. To come and save us. This light has come from heaven. And that light now shines. Jesus, that light, has come to shine in us. And to enable us to shine out to all those around us. Now when Jesus came, John also wrote this. John 1 verses 10 to 12. He says, Jesus, that is, he came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So this Jesus came into this world, but that world that he came into was covered in darkness. So much so that not everyone understood who he was. Many people rejected him. Many people dismissed him. But others received him, and his light came into them, so that they too could begin to shine, and the darkness of their world could be overcome by the light of Jesus in them. And this Christmas, as you see, we're entitling it, Light Your World, and we really want to encourage you in this, in three things particularly, to light your world. First of all, lighting your own life. And as we come into this Christmas season, do all that you can to come into a fresh understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. The fact that he is God's son sent for you to be your savior, to be my savior. He has come for you as an individual because he loves you. And we want his light to light our own lives. Secondly, we want to encourage you to light a candle at home. To light a candle so that you can visually see, so that everyone in your house can visually see that the light does indeed shine in the darkness. And thirdly, to light your world by letting the light that we have talked about, the light of Jesus, this light from heaven, come and so shine in us. That means that we follow his ways, that we seek in our lives to do what he has asked us to do, so that we may bring light not only to our family but into our homes, to our families, and also to our communities. So let me encourage you, light your world this Christmas, and let Jesus come and shine in you. And today, as we look into this, this light your world, we're going to go back 800 years, 800 years before the birth of Jesus, so 2,000 
800 years, as it were, ago. And we're looking at the words of the prophet Isaiah and what he spoke. Isaiah, and this is written in Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 2. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Let me just emphasize to you again, these words were written 800 years before Jesus came. And Isaiah was talking about an area of land that had been allocated when the tribes first came in to take the land. The tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali had been given a piece of land way up in the north of Israel. A map is going to come up on your screen now, and I haven't got a pointer, but let's just go right to the top of the picture, and those of you at the back can't see it, but at the top of the picture you'll see three blocks of color. Naphtali is in the middle of those. And if you look down in that sort of slightly beigey color, you'll see uh, an area of water, which is the Sea of Galilee. So we're talking right up there. And if you were to come down to the middle where there's Ephraim or there's a block of blue, just below that is where Jerusalem is. So you'll see that we're talking right up the north. This is the area that Isaiah is talking about, that region of land. And he's saying the people there were walking in darkness and they would see a great light. Now, the truth is this. Those people are not walking in darkness. If you actually look at the sunshine hours for that particular area of land, even through the winter months of April to, from November to March, then they're getting about seven to nine hours of sunshine a day. And if you go to the summer months, the number of hours of sunshine increases to something like 10 to 13 hours of sunshine a day. So how can we say with that much sunshine, and I'm saying that for us because, you know, we don't get quite as much sunshine as that. We get gray clouds a lot of the time. These people, it says, were walking in darkness, and yet they had loads of sunshine. So what is the darkness that Isaiah was referring to? What is the darkness that he is saying that these people were walking in? Well, to find that out, we need to go back to the beginning of his uh, book, Isaiah chapter 1, and I'm going to read various verses from that first chapter. It starts off like this. Isaiah says to the people, listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master's care, but Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are, loaded down with a burden of guilt. They are evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. The people have been rebelling against walking with God. That did not mean that they'd stopped going to temple, they'd stopped having worship services, or even stopped bringing sacrifices to him. Because Isaiah goes on to say in verse 11 and 12, What makes you think, I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord. I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. 
I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? The people were worshipping, but their hearts weren't connected to God through that worship. There was a sense in going through the motions, but not actually connecting their hearts with God. And Isaiah went on to talk about that selfish behavior and the selfishness that was seen in the community itself. In verse 16 and 17, he says, Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. There was a lot going on in this society, not only on the society and in the ways of people, but politically as well, which Isaiah then also goes on to address. In verse 23, he says this, your leaders are rebels, the companions of thieves, all of them love bribes and demand payoffs, but they refuse to defend the cause of orphans or fight for the right of widows. Isaiah had been sent specifically to confront the people living across the whole of Israel, but also in this northern area to confront them with this news. You have gone wrong and you're not walking in the ways of God. And the list that he was bringing to them was very extensive. We've covered it in a few verses. Rebellion towards God. Rituals rather than true worship, walking in evil ways, ignoring justice, governing with corruption, oppressing the people, ignoring real needs, were just some of the things that Isaiah was bringing as the darkness. All of these ways of living, these practices, were sin before God. Breaking his laws, breaking his ways, the desired way he wanted people to walk in. And it was this continual activity of life, this continual sin, that was bringing the darkness that Isaiah was talking about. So the darkness the people were walking in was not an absence of light, but rather it was that they were walking in a spiritual darkness A darkness that actually clouds the heart of men and women so that they can't see God. So that they are separated. So that their minds are closed to the things of the kingdom of God. And rather than Israel being a nation that was walking in the ways of God and displaying the ways of God. Israel was a nation and a people that were looking to their own strength to work out how they should live their lives. They were looking to their own pride, their own selfishness. And that selfishness is self-indulgence, self-protection, self-promotion. Those sorts of things were far more evident than self-sacrifice, than the loving of God or the loving of neighbors as God had asked them to love them as themselves. There was a disobedience towards God. The people were living in darkness. Now we must ask the question, even though we've heard about how, what causes people to walk in darkness that way? Well, ever since the beginning of the Bible, even from the second chapter of Genesis, we are reading about 
Adam and Eve, and we're reading about their disobedience in the Garden of Eden. The problem is sin. The problem is sin. Sin had entered the human heart through Adam and Eve's disobedience, and now, from that time, man's thinking has become totally corrupted. His natural bias, his natural bias is towards selfishness, self-indulgence and pride, and disobedience towards God. In Genesis, this is commented on, and it says this about mankind. Genesis 6 verse 5, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Wow. Now that only comes in Genesis chapter 6. This is right at the beginning of the Bible, and it's only in Genesis chapter 3 that actually we're having the account of the fall of man, of Adam and Eve. The effect of sin is quite simply this. It brings spiritual darkness over people so that their hearts and their minds are clouded and corrupted. They no longer desire to follow the ways of God. It's almost that the way of God seems to be completely cut off from them. They're cut off from their minds, from their thinking, from their just everyday life. They seem to be separated from that. Instead of serving God, they serve the kingdom of darkness, and that is the fruit of that kingdom that they produce. Perhaps the biggest problem of darkness is this. You can't see it. In fact, the truth about spiritual darkness is that you can't see it unless a light shines to make it known, and gives you a different way to walk in. So here in Isaiah 9, we have the prophet talking to people that are in darkness, a people who know about God, but don't walk in the ways of God. And in the midst of their darkness, in the midst of all of this knowledge of what they're doing wrong, Isaiah doesn't just leave them in that place, but he seeks to bring them hope. And this is what he does in Isaiah 9, which I'll read again to you. Nevertheless, now we understand. Nevertheless, having explained what the problem is and the spiritual darkness that is over you, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. At Christmas... We celebrate the arrival of Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son. He left all the glory of heaven to be born as a man, surrendering everything so that he could come on God's great rescue mission for mankind. Thirty years were spent by him growing, learning, and walking in the ways of God. And then after that... The way was prepared for him to start his ministry by John the Baptist. And then Jesus comes into the scene and he commences his ministry. And this is how Matthew, in his gospel, 
actually announces the start of Jesus' ministry. Matthew 4, verses 12 to 14. When Jesus heard that John, who had been going ahead of him, when John was arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, and then from there he moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. And then Matthew quotes the scripture that I've just been talking to you about. You see, it's saying that this is what the prophet was talking about. All of these people have been walking in this darkness that have been holding their minds, holding their activity. The ways of their society have been locked in this. But now the light of Jesus had come to bring them light and to show them a new way. And Matthew then goes on after having talked about that to say this. From then on, verse 17, from then on Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. You see, the light was coming to announce that people needed to change their ways. You've been locked in darkness. Darkness has been holding you captive. But now you can reach out to the light of the world, Jesus. And if you repent and turn to God, new ways, new light will come to you. The people of Israel who had been walking in spiritual darkness now had the light of the world come to them to lead them in a new way to live. And as they repented and changed their ways, they began to embrace the kingdom of heaven. Now that was 2,800 odd years ago. Even what Isaiah was talking about 800 years before Jesus came. That was then. That's so far away. What about now? What do we see in our society? How is our society behaving itself? What do we read about in our newspapers? Do we see any of these things? Rebellion towards God? Rituals rather than true worship? Walking in evil ways? Ignoring justice? Governing with corruption? Oppressing people? Ignoring real needs? Unfortunately, we do. You see, we find that what Isaiah was speaking to in the society of those times so many years ago, he could come back and speak into our society right now. Because there is corruption. And we know when there are signs of corruption, injustice and deception, the problem is still the same. And the problem is sin. And sin brings spiritual darkness. It separates people from God. But equally, just as Isaiah foretold that darkness, he also brought the hope. And as John wrote, John 1 verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Only this light shows the darkness for what it really is. Only this light, this light of Jesus, can help you to shine in your life. I want to ask you this this morning. Will you let that life shine in your life? Will you let this life that we're talking about that came at Christmas or that we celebrate at Christmas, will you let that life of Jesus shine in you? The Apostle Peter wrote this in his first letter. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 
He says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. He's speaking to the believers of his time, but he's speaking to us as believers in this time. He says, as a result, because you're royal priests, a holy nation, God's chosen possession, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That means that this light has called you out of corruption, out of selfishness, out of pride, out of just wanting to do your own thing, but ready to actually live the way that God wants you to live and to let his his light shine from you and in you. We need to live out the life that has been given to us. So over this Christmas period, let me encourage you, light your world. Light your world. Let Jesus' truth fill you. Let his light shine from you and let his kingdom surround you. Not only today, but as we walk through this Christmas time and beyond, let these things happen in our lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Father, we want to pray to you. We want to ask you, Lord, have mercy upon us, your people. Lord, we need you. So often, Father, we see the problem, but we don't know the solution. We see the issues in our lives, but we don't know how to change them. Lord, this morning we cry out for mercy from you to pray that you, the light of heaven, would come and shine afresh in us. Lord, where we have been tripped up, where we have been confused, where the darkness has taken a grip of us and taken us down a dark alleyways, we pray let your hand come to us and rescue us and lift us up so that we as a people may be strong in you. Lord, let your light shine in us afresh. Let the flame of your Holy Spirit burn brighter within us so that we may be filled with your goodness and that the light of heaven truly may shine in our lives and through our lives to our communities around us. We ask for your help and enabling for each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.